All right, our guest today on the Plumberfile podcast is Luke Walsh. Luke is the CEO of TAPS, yep, which stands for Trainee and Apprentice Placement Services. It's apprentice, not apprentices. Apprentice. Apprentice. And they host uh, apprentices and trainees in the plumbing and roofing trades. Um, thanks for coming on, Luke. Mate, I've got to, um, I don't know if you saw the Instagram post I put out the other day, but I asked people to, if they had any questions for you, and I've I got to start, this, this will get serious in a minute, but I've got to start with the one that kept popping up, which is, um, why do you rate yourself so much at footy when you're no good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's from someone that doesn't know, doesn't know footy, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few. Uh, I had to ask you that. Yeah. I had uh, Joe and a couple of <laughs> couple of other must have been your mates. I bet there was. I bet there was. <laughs> Who do you play for? Uh, Seton Randlers. Seton yeah, Randlers. Yeah, been sweet. there uh, about three hundred games. Had um, a year in Strath. That was good fun. A year in Bridgewater. And uh, yeah, I love it. My kids are playing there and coaching and yeah. Yeah, sick. Fun. Um. Mate, do you just want to start by giving us like an you know an overview of TAPS and I guess what TAPS's role is within the plumbing and, and roofing industry? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, we started, we had our 25 year anniversary last year. And when you go through our constitution, it's clear that you know, 25 years ago, there was some real issues around getting, uh, I say kids, but you know, people into the industry. There was a real shortfall. Um, and that's where TAPS came on. Uh, the goal was to try and get more people in the industry and, and strengthen industry. Um, and, you know, we've grown from, I think it was like nine in our first year to, you know, now we've got near on 450 people. So um, we've sort of, we've got a few apprentices just helping out some of our host employers that have, you know, diversified a little bit. So we've got a couple of sparkies out there and a couple of fridges, but, um, Generally, you know, 90, 95% all, you know, plumbing and roofing. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So 450, is that apprentices? Apprentices and trainers. Yeah. yeah. How many people work work at TAPS? 17. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 17. Are you still up on Glen Osmond Road? No, we've just moved to uh, 708 Port Rep Beverly. So we're um, running out of parking and to be honest, the, the building had aged a fair bit. And um, the, other, the other thing is it's not... Uh, it's not an ideal location to get kids, you know. Mm. We, 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 so I keep kind of saying kids, but you know, people coming in for, for interviews and testing, we, you know, might get you know, eight at a time, and they're coming from north, they're coming from south. Mm. Trying to get through to Glen Osmond Road is sort of tough. So um, now we're at Beverly, it makes it a lot easier down down South Road. Yeah, okay. that is a good central yeah. spot, easy to get to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, am I right in saying Taps is basically structured as a non for profit? We are, yeah, yeah. not for profit. Can you? Run us through, I guess, what how a non-for-profit organisation like TAPS works. Like, because I, I guess I'm asking because it seems like things like government funding mm-hmm. are important yep. to non-for-profit organisations. And I guess who the I'd love to understand like who the stakeholders are in a, a company like TAPS and like yep. who you're re- reporting to and stuff yep. like. Yeah. Um, well, I report to a board. We we all um uh, we've got so I think we've got seven on the board: president, deputy. Um, and I suppose they're not for, pro- not for profit, and I can only speak for TAPS, but not for profit, you still got to run it at a profit. Mm. Um, but then you can reinvest that profit back into, we invest back into our kids and back in the industry. So when you look at our, um, our TAPS Awards Night, um, we put that on for you know, 400, 500 people mm-hmm. each year. And um, over the last, well, over my time, I can only talk over my time, but we put a lot back into additional training. For our for our apprentices and mm-hmm. um, upskilling them, supporting them, uh, we've got a a wellbeing officer now. We've had that for near on two and a half years. So sort of before anyone else sort of thought about it, and that was a fantastic move for us because the challenges that our apprentices are facing now are um, they're different to what they were when I started, you know, seven years ago. Mm. Um, mm. The, the the pressure and struggles that they're they're going through um, having that wellbeing officer has been a great decision, and you know that's, you know that's part of what what we're doing is giving back and making sure that we can get these kids through as, as best we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to jump around a bit here. That's yeah. one of the questions I had, um, and it's going to, I guess the that, yeah, when you say that the apprentices have different struggles, um, definitely everyone here hears people say all the time, oh, the apprentices aren't like yeah. they used to be. Yeah like everybody yeah. now do you think 
that like and personally i've had a few apprentices come across my desk who you know for instance been like bullied in the workplace and stuff like you know not even just in the plumbing industry but mm-hmm. just people we hear about mm-hmm. on the social media and stuff so do do you think we need to stop saying like our apprentices aren't built like they used to and think more like you know how can we support them in a different way maybe we need to keep up with the times because yeah like you said the pressures they have now are maybe different to what they had 15 years ago so i don't know if they're just built different like people always say or if it is just different times we're not really keeping up with them i think they are built different but if you know how to harness different you're going to get just as much out of them Mm. so everything changes and evolves doesn't it and Mm. you can whinge about it complain about it or you can get on board and try and make the best of it and i think um there's there's going to be advantages and disadvantages of having the old school apprentice and the new age apprentice Mm. um they're going to be safer they're going to uh, a hell of a lot more safer than than what they were 15 20 30 years ago Mm. you know um and then you know if you had that old school apprentice now you look at the the injuries you're going to have you look at the, the lawsuits you're going to have, you know, mm. the, the quality of work, the detail is probably going to be much higher now than it was some time ago. So, yeah, they're built different. But if you can find a way, as I say, to harness that and make the most of that, you're going to get just as much out of it. Mm. But you just got to think differently, right? Mm. You, know, you, you, keep, you keep doing the same thing over and over again and it's wrong. You're not going to get any better. Mm. You, know, you just got to change and evolve with it. Can you That's think- sort of where I'm at. Can you think of like any of the, you know, examples of what they are, like the challenges are different these days, you know? Oh, look. Obviously social media. My personal media. view, social media. Mm. You know, everyone. And I'm not, a, we use it every day at work, right? I can see the advantages in the cut through and, and, and how you can interact with people because that's, that's, how, that's how kids talk. I've got a, mm-hmm. got a 14 year old, doesn't talk to his friends, you know, Snapchat or whatever yeah. else, you know? That's how they all do it. Yeah, that's how they're all doing their thing. Um, so yeah, social media, in my opinion, is um, the negatives. Is you flick through and you see all these, all your friends and you know, friends. You know, you got five, six hundred thousand of them, whatever it is. Mm. You know, you flicking through, you're seeing the, the the holiday, you're seeing the the car, you're seeing the house, you're seeing the the smiles. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday who um, was your account yesterday, and he said. Had the same conversation with him and he said uh i can see what you're saying because i went to a party with my wife and um you know it was shit it was mm. it was horrible it was the most boring party ever and uh, we're driving home and uh she's got the you know facebook up and someone's posted and there's balloons and there's smiles and they you know everything's going on you look at that and it looks like the best thing ever mm. now as you're flicking through without even knowing it you're comparing yourself to everyone else mm-hmm. No one's putting up themselves, you know, mowing the lawn in full shorts, are they? <laughs> yeah. Or, or that bad hair day, it doesn't go up. It's mm-hmm. not real life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a challenge and it's, and it's not the kid's fault. It's not um, this generation's fault, but that's what they've got. Um, they don't know that that car's probably leased. You know, that, yeah. But that family's house is, you know, they've probably got a mortgage of 1.2 and they can't afford it every week, but there's smiles in front of the house. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. that's that's sort of where I see it. You've you got to take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, Instagram is flicking through funny stories and, you know, funny videos. I, I, I don't compare myself to other people, but mm-hmm. um, when you grow up in that um, that environment, I can see how people do. Yeah. And that's where the challenges come from. Yeah. It's not real life. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. There's a lot of comparison problems in there. I think that they have. Yeah. yeah. You always want what someone else has got. Well, yeah. Do you? Yeah. You don't know what they got. Don't, don't compare yourself to someone else. Mm. You be you, you be true to you. Mm-hmm. you know? That's good advice. Can you, um, we spoke in the car like last week when we were talking about doing the podcast and mm. I'd love for... We some, weren't in the same car. No, no, in <laughs> a different car. Were you, would you be able to just give us an insight into like, I guess, what, you know, how we're speaking about the employment rates being so low and how... Yeah everyone's fighting over that like one basically one percent yeah can you just explain how that is working at the moment because i think everyone is in the same site so, at the moment again this is this is my view right? and, and i spent um i spent a few years working in uh, uh was it job prospects working with unemployed people trying to get them back into work you know many many years ago and um yeah we're sort of working with an unemployment rate at the moment of i think it's like 3.6 or 3.7 percent mm. Now, there's probably 2% of that 
that will never work. Mm -hmm. uh, generational unemployed, um, for whatever reason, they don't want to work. Uh, so we're all fighting for that 1.7%. Now, traditionally, we might have a, um, a 5.7, a 6.7, a 7.7 in the past. So the, the labor available or the, the people you know, interested and willing to work available has been much higher. So it's, you know, you, you can sort of be a bit pickier or you can mm. throw more challenges at people and make sure you get the right people that you want. Whereas now it's shifted. Yeah. Now there's this 1.7% that we're all fighting for, mm -hmm. um, which makes it really tough out there. Mm -hmm. So finding ways of attracting them and, you know, the, the benefit of it is I think we all need to be better employers mm -hmm. and we're all fighting to be that employer of choice now. So it's shifted. The power is with the job seeker instead of the employer. Mm -hmm. Now that balance should probably um, be a little bit more even, you know, eventually, but at the moment the power's with them. So we need to make sure that we're role models and that we're good employers so that we get some of that 1.7%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how are you seeing in the, at the moment, is there still a pool of kids? There is. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just got to fight for them. Yeah. And you look harder. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a period, a long period of time where we didn't have to go and talk to every school. We didn't have to go to every career night. Um, they would just organically come to us. Mm. And now, and it's, and it's, it's learnings as well. So even in the good times, we've now learned that we should be going out there and spreading the word and we should be going to or as many career nights as we can and talk mm. to as many kids as we can. Um, so you learn you learn as you go. Yeah, so it's forced you guys to level up and the employer right. to level up as yeah. well, hey? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you, you just got to keep learning and evolving, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and you get there, I think. Do you see any, like, speaking to that, do you see any like similarities in companies that you guys work for that host apprentices that do really well in regards to attracting, you know, like, I guess, apprentices these days? You know, is, are they putting in different initiatives or is there anything you can see that people are doing better than others that are giving them a bit of an edge? Um, I, I, really, I can only talk for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much as I said I added social media before, it's, 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 how, we, it's how we do it. Yeah. You know, we've got, and, and I can see that when we do certain things, and it spends, it, you'd probably appreciate this, it takes a lot of time to get the algorithms right. Yeah, well, yeah, to, it does. To, to get it right and get the cut through to the right people. But mm -hmm. that's, um, that's, that's sort of a, a big thing for us, is mm. trying to find those right people through those channels and use them to your advantage. Mm. Um, I, I, I can't talk to how the people do it. I, I don't know um, how many people that they're um, getting apply each week or you know how many mm. they can convert to, to employees or how it works. But mm -hmm. you know, from our point of view, and when that doesn't work, you just gotta try something different. You, know, you can't complain about it. Yeah. You just gotta move on and try something different. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you guys do roofing, plant, roof plumbing, and Thomas, plumbing. Yeah. 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 How are you finding yeah, it's, the pipeline to that seems low? Roof plumbing's tough. Yeah. It's yeah. Tough. And, and again, um, there's, I, I wouldn't make it as a roof plumber. I'd put bloody dance out. So, mm. that cuts me out and probably a heap of other people. Um, I looked after roofers for a long time, and, and what, and we haven't got this right yet. I'm still working on it. But I think, you know, that, your surfers and skaters and, and, and people like that are ideal to the trade. You know, mm. They're balanced, they're light, um, you know, they don't mind the heat, they don't mind, you know, a bit of rain like that. Mm. Trying to find that right that right balance for us. But yeah, the the the, um, the numbers of applicants for roof plumbing is, is certainly dropped from what it what it once was. Mm. Yeah. What do you think what do we need to do better? Because on honestly, like, you know, obviously I'm a bit biased because I have a roofing side of the business now. But, you know, there is, it's like, well, the way I'm seeing it is like the big three, what people would say, yeah. trades of carpentry, electrical and plumbing still yeah. seem to have a really good pipeline of kids coming yeah. through. But it's like the lesser known trades, like obviously bricklaying and roof plumbing is, yeah. you know, one of them. But there's so many, so many opportunities. Like these guys are getting paid big, big money yeah. now as a, yeah. just as an employee. What do you think we need to do better, Luke, in regards to getting kids... Most kids wouldn't even know what roof plumbing is. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the problem. It's a long-term um, process from our point of view, but you know, going out to those schools mm. and going out to those career nights and, and, uh, and spreading that word, albeit it's, it's going to take two, three, four, five years 
that's probably where we can do it and, and continue to do it and, and our role. Um, but I don't know, if, if, if you've got the choice of any job you want at the moment, you know, you can go pick any job you want yeah, at the moment, so, you know, and, mm. and what gets advertised is, oh, sorry, and it, it, mm. what gets, gets advertised is the big three and that's, um, that's, where they, that's where they go. Mm. I, I don't have the answer. I wish I had because, yeah. you know, we'd probably have another 50, 50 apprentices yeah, you know, in roofing on board. Do you, yeah, I mean, following on from that, do you? What would be your? I know it's a hard question to answer, but if you got thirty roofing apprentice applicants tomorrow, do you reckon you could fill all those positions? I like, we could. yeah, I reckon we could. So yeah. I, I actually really worry for the roof plumbing trade yeah. going forward because there seems to be a enormous lack of roof plumbers. Yeah. out there like I'd, I'd love someone to be able to give me the data on it but the geez it must be low man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um i guess it it's a it's a tough job at, in some regard but it's also like like i said there's so much opportunity and they're getting paid massive coin now yeah, yeah. you know and the um, other benefits are you know come summertime you know you, you start work at six and you finish at 11 and you go for a surf you go for a skate hmm. you know because it's too hot to be on a roof yeah you know it, in in winter yet if it's raining you inclement weather you're going home so that Maybe we have to sell those benefits. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have the answer. And when you get it, let me know. <laughs> I'm trying everything. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. Do, would you have any advice for, um, you give to people out there, like obviously young kids, I suppose, that would, might potentially be looking to start a roofing or plumbing apprenticeship and um, following on from that, do you have any like advice for current apprentices out there wanting to be successful in their trade? I guess what? That's a two-part question. But don't expect people to do it for you. Mm. So, and you you would have experienced this. You can have you can have two apprentices that, that start on the same day at the same time. Yeah, it's things like it's things like tools. And I used to say this when I was doing inductions. You know, an apprentice rocks up with a shovel. You know, what's he going to do with that? He's probably going to dig. Right. That's 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 where he's useful because he's got a shovel. The same apprentice. The other apprentice that rocks up on the same day and he's got a full tool kit. You know, he's going to be able to get different work. He's going to be able to evolve and learn more. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the onus on the apprentice. Sometimes don't mm-hmm. expect that it'll be given to you. You've got to think ahead and you've got to do your your part and play your part in the process. Don't win to the end and say I don't. I haven't learned anything. When you haven't put in the extra steps along mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. you know, if, if if you're comfortable, you know, doing one thing all day and you don't work hard and you rock up late and you do all the wrong things and then expect that it will be given to you at the end. It doesn't mm. work like that. Life doesn't work like that. And I don't, I don't care if it's a generational shift or not. It, it's the same back then. It's the same now. You work hard for something, you get luckier. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. You work hard for something, you get the rewards at the end. And yeah. that's the advice I would give you is, is don't expect it to come. Don't expect it all to happen. You've got to play your part and, and do your bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that, do you think, and from a current people already in an apprenticeship and the guys you see coming through that see success and are the best apprentices, what sets them apart? Obviously, that's probably one thing that you touched on there. Is there anything else that you could say that sets the best apprentices out from the ones that sort of just scrape by? Um, it, it's, all the, it, it's, it's all the little things. It is getting there. 10 minutes early instead of, and, and not expecting to be paid for it, you know, just showing that you can, you know, rather than expectation that, you know, I'm, I start at seven. Mm-hmm. Get there at 10, 10 to seven so you can get organised for your day. That's that's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all the little things. It's I used to talk to, oh, this is something I, I miss about my job is, is not seeing the apprentices as much as I did. But when you're driving in the van with the tradesman from one place to the other, Instead of sitting there flicking on your phone, ask the tradesman about what you're doing next. You know, what's the next job? Or, or what did you do when you were apprentice? Start a conversation and learn something in that 15, 20 minutes rather than flicking through your phone. Mm. You know, these are all little things that add up. You know, what's our next job? Next job is, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Changing taps, right. So the apprentice gets out the car, tradesperson goes to the front door. He's already got the toolkit and all the stuff he needs to go do the job because you know, mm. he had that conversation. Mm-hmm. These are all little things that impress people, yeah. little things that show that you're, um, um, you're as committed as, as the person that's giving up their time and skills to, to train you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For me, it seems only fair. Yeah. You know, it's that buy-in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's definitely like attitude is just like clear like, from my perspective is that's just what sets apart the, 
the ones that do really well from the yeah. ones that don't is like comes prom- majoritively down to attitude i think yeah, yeah. You know, and flows through to everything else yeah um, but, you know, just thinking on the spot maybe we need to find better ways of engaging you know the, those trades people do they need to find a better way of engaging this generation in that car mm. i don't know put it is it yeah it's got to be it's got to be both ways you know yeah. do you need to find better ways of engaging with these young kids mm. do i you know, it, let's not throw it all, all back on them either. You know, we've all got to keep changing and evolving to make it work. Yeah. yeah. To, this is a question I just I wasn't prepared to ask this, but I just thought of it because I sort of asked the same thing to Andrew Clark when he came on the podcast, um, you know, a few few weeks ago. Um, and it comes from I've got a few mates who have like uh, you know partners or owners or whatever in big plumbing companies. I won't mention who they are, but big you know, mm. have a lot of apprentices. Mm. And I think one of the problems that we're seeing, and I feel like it's definitely more of late than it used to be, is, you know, when you, you put on a first-year apprentice and the apprentice doesn't see it from this point of view, but yeah. for us, it's a two or three investment, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and then they get to their third year and they turn around. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but it seems to be pretty prevalent. They turn around and they go, actually, I want to go and work with my mate over at Bob's Plumbing. And then, you know, that I know that from the host employer's perspective, they don't really have much pull where they're like, hey, mate, like, um, you know, I've just put two years of investment into you. Mm. And they, they do have this ability to sort of pick and choose wherever they go before that host employer gets their investment back, I suppose. Like, are you seeing this? Because I'm seeing hearing it a lot from my mates. We're, we're seeing it, but we also don't get whooped over either. You know, there's, there's conversations and there's a balance with everything. Um, and if there's genuine reasons why, if, if, if that host hasn't got, uh, the diversity in the work, you know, okay, that's probably a fair, fair enough reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a, I want to move. Yeah. Okay. No worries. It, it, it can't be. Yeah. It can't be. Yeah. Um, so it's again, everything life's balanced, mm. you know? Um, but yeah, we, it's a yeah. tricky balance for you to strike because at the same time, like you want to also like look after their host employer, but, but like you said, you know, so yeah, you've got to take both perspectives into account when you make the decision. It's bloody, it must be hard to sort of like and, navigate that. Because... And, and sometimes, sometimes it's because you know, the apprentice hasn't got the confidence or the skills or communication to, to talk to the host, mm. but they can talk to one of the fieldies. And the fieldies can be the, the, the mediator or the, the one in the middle that can maybe put that, um, that spit on it or that, you know, a, a better way of communi- communicating it to the host than, oh, okay, no worries. Why didn't he say so? Mm-hmm. You know, so we are in the middle and it's not all for the host. It's not all for the apprentice. It's about finding that right balance, mm-hmm. you know. You spoke before about um, initiatives and like earlier on about that you guys have that supporting apprentices like in training and that. Can you go through some of the things that you guys implement through, you know, the four years of to help an apprentice you know, at, at TAPS in particular, yeah. to be successful? Yeah. Uh, look, we've got, we've got our wellbeing package, and as I said, with, with uh, Richie Welsh, who's our, our wellbeing officer, he's, um, he's always available and he's doing a really, really good job. Um, our field officers have, you know, Ricky, Mario, Joe and Sean. You know, Joe's been around for 15 <laughs> he was years. My, he was my, yours, yeah. yeah. Um, he's been around 15 years. I think Sean's about, you know, 12 um, Ricky's an ex-TAPS apprentice, so he's seen it both sides and he's been with us for four and I reckon Murray might be, you know, seven or eight. So mm. there's, there's experience there, which is, um, which is good and I think good for the success of the apprentice because it's someone that generally, they care. I know they care. They might be, um, uh, might be harsh at times. They might be, I don't know, whatever, but mm. they genuinely care mm-hmm. and they want to see the best for uh, for the apprentices, um, we've got um, we've got some gym memberships that we offer, so some discounted gym memberships. We've got a corporate package for apprentices, and that's um, the, the idea behind that. Is it works both ways? Is we know that kids are going to the gym. I keep saying kids, right? Yeah, uh, apprentices. Way, yeah. Yeah. Apprentices are going to the gym, so we've we've got a corporate package with Good Life. Um, makes it a bit cheaper for them, but from our point of view, we're hoping to build whether it be big, strong, fit, you know, people, mm. um, which leads to less injuries, mm. right? Leads to better mental health, you know, because we know that physical activity, you know, 
it helps mental health, helps aids mental health. So it works both sides. Mm -hmm. um, we've got some uh, driving courses available. So I've, um, we've found a few first years they need to get in the van. It's a manual. They can't drive it. So we put them through a course. So rather than um, everyone do everything, we sort of have a look at every situation that comes up and see what we can do to come like, and to help that. Uh, often what we'll do with some of the um, more expensive ones, like whether it be, um, you know, front loader or whatever else, um, if that's needed on site, we'll, we'll go halves with the host. Okay. They, they play half, we pay half, and then, you know, go from there. So yep. um, there's no, there's no uh, number one reason why. There's just a, an attitude of, look, let's see what we can do and work together to try and make the best for people. Mm -hmm. This also just popped into me. Do, do you... I'd love to hear from your perspective because you obviously see, I don't know if you, you really do now, but I mean, mm. you used to be a fieldy and yeah. you used to see a lot of kids come through. Um, and this is obviously a question directly targeted at kids who might be thinking about doing plumbing or roofing. Yeah. Could you think of some of the, you know, the feedback you get from some of these apprentices about some of the best parts about doing a, a, a plumbing or roofing apprenticeship? You know, because I, I see a lot of kids who are at school and like they wouldn't, they're obviously so green, they wouldn't even know what one day on the tools looks like so yeah. so i think it's important for the kids to know like what is actually wicked about doing a trade yeah. doing a plumbing apprenticeship roofing um you haven't given me a lot of time to to organize and, and, and think about these answers but what what <laughs> sort of popped in my head straight away was a lot of the a lot of plumbing as you know is kids think that they're just dealing with shit all day they mm. think that's what a plumber does you know? mm. What would that be? Maybe one percent. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe one percent, right? Yeah. Um, what I've seen happen through you know through my time is um, they've come out of school, they've done their work experience, their eyes are open to what a construction site is, and feeling a part of a team, and you know being needed, and using tools, and um, hanging around with the people that done it forever. Mm. Like it, it, it's pretty cool when you get in there. Yeah, you know, it, is. It, it is. And you, ooh, I don't know whether you appreciate that or not, but hundred percent, it's it's like being part of a footy team. Yeah, you, know, it's, you go around and kick a ball to yourself all day. It's no fun, but when you're in the club, when you're with the team, whether you're with, with the boys or girls, or whatever else, it's 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 special. You mm. probably don't appreciate it when you're doing it, mm. um, but when you get to the end of the time, like I am with my footy, you, you start to really appreciate that. And that's probably what I what I thought of with the, the plumbing, yeah. um, with the roofing. It's the fact that you roll up to a site at the start of the day and all you see is timber. Yeah, you know? That's a good point. When you walk away, mm. it's, you put that roof on, right? Like it, it, you change mm. the complete yeah, that is perspective it. of what that house is and what it looks like to everyone else that drives past that day. Mm. You know, it, it's a finishing trade. Yeah. It, you know, if, if your screws aren't straight, it looks, it looks awful. That's a good point. It looks terrible. Mm. But you know, when you walk away and take pride in what you do, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Roofing is one of the best trades, actually. I'm glad you said that. That you do get that like uh, satisfaction, job satisfaction, yeah. Hey, because like every day there's roofers and then there's roofers. Like yeah. you see, fifty percent of roofs are terrible, and yeah. then when you get the guys who really know what they're doing and they care, and they're training the apprentices. Yeah. Like, oh god, man. That, yeah. There's nothing better actually yeah. than being like a you know it's 25 yeah. degrees. You yeah. get a whole bunch of lads and you're just slapping on sheets with beats yeah. going. It's not that old uh, on that. Exactly. Like, yeah. It, it, that colourful name with the bloke that went out yeah. to his paper and he's like, you know, standing there staring it at it. It is. Like it's, yeah. you know, even better when you're the one that's put that on. You've yeah, done it. 100%. You know? yeah. And I guess that's maybe what can, plumbing has both sides, but a lot like that's what can get lost. That's what's, I guess, are quite different from roofing to plumbing is roofing almost always you see your finished work unless yeah. it's like a flat roof and you yeah. can't see the top. But yeah. plumbing, there's like both sides where it's like, you know, you're burying a lot of your work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that is a good one actually. Yeah. Um, now, from a, uh, I know you haven't prepared for this. Um, I haven't given you the chance, but I, I guess it would be what comes to your head. And I don't know if it's uh, right up your alley, but from a training perspective, like you know TAFE, I'm talking about. Mm. Do you do you think we're doing well enough in that? Do you think we're keeping up with the, you know, the, the trends and like are we teaching kids relevant things still? It's a, um, it's like trying to turn the Titanic. It's it's a big system, mm -hmm. and it's a now it's a national system, and you've got people in different states that have uh, different agendas, and it's it, it has changed it. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I think the system could be a lot more flexible. Uh, you know, and it takes facilities there. People are, are excellent. But, you know, we've got kids who are off in COVID and when they could be doing some, you know, doing some work on their tape instead of sitting there doing nothing, mm. there wasn't really a lot of options for them. And credit to TAFE, they tried to put some stuff together, but um, then they had to go back and do it again anyway because it didn't quite fit. So I just think a, a level of flexibility uh, for the workplace as well when, you know, you've got jobs that come up that have to be done and you've got your kid going next week, um, it, it makes it tough because life, we've all had to be so much more flexible. Mm. Um, and that's where I think the training system sort of um, needs to catch up a bit and, and TAFE needs to ca catch up a bit just so it's a bit more aligned with with life and industry. Okay. Yeah. How do we, like you said, it's like turning on Titanic though. It's hard to lobby for those. Nothing's they're, going to happen quickly or? They're aware of it. They're aware of it. And I'm hoping behind the scenes that, you know, they are doing some things to try and, there's some, some great people trying to, trying to push and, and, and make these changes. Mm -hmm. um, it's just how long they take. I don't know. Yeah. Again, not my, not my spot to say. Yeah. Yeah. I know we'd sort of touched on it before, but from an employer's perspective, do you see any commonalities in your host employers that, that tend to produce the best tradesmen and foster their apprentices the best? Because I think that's an important thing for people to, you know, I'm sure there's some companies that are churning out just apprentice, good apprentice after good apprentice, and there's some that aren't doing so well. Could you think of anything that, um, in that space? Look, I find with my staff, in the office, the 17 I spoke about earlier, I think you've got to get by and, and, and explain things. So you don't have to go into your, you know, your P&L with your apprentice, but actually explain how things work. Explain that, you know, yes, you might be on $15 an hour, but there's this car, there's this phone, there's, you know, this petrol, this, and actually get them to understand and, and maybe treat them like an adult a little bit mm. um, so they can have a bit of a picture on, on how it all works and how they fit into that and why they're important in that um but the best tradespeople often are the ones that will generate the best apprentice too mm -hmm. you know, if, if you've got the level of skills and knowledge that um you can pass on that's going to be better than someone that, that doesn't um but i think treat people with respect and you generally get the respect back and if you don't get respect back when you do treat someone well then they're probably not the right person for you Mm -hmm. So, yeah, treat people well and I, I reckon it comes back to you. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, I've got a, I guess I've got, a, yeah, I've got a question on sort of like, I guess where this come, question is coming from is like, is the, well, I want to ask you something first. To, do you know what like this, the data or stats are on like apprenticeship commencements versus completions? It's uh, across the nation, it's roughly 50-50. Okay, so only 50% yeah. of people who start, finish. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So do you think we need, from a policy and maybe government initiatives sort of perspective, do you think we need to do better in regards to supporting apprentices? In Because the way I'm looking at it is the cost, cost of living definitely seems to be an issue that we're fighting with apprentices because they struggle to see four years ahead. So they're looking at like, well, I can go and make 15 bucks or whatever it is as a first-year apprentice or I can go and um, wash dishes at the yeah. pub, work behind the bar for 30 yeah. bucks an hour. Yeah. They're not seeing that, you know, what's going to happen after four years. So, But at the same time, Luke, is like they do have cost-of-living pressures yeah. right now yeah. that they can't solve yeah. without making more money. So what do you think in that regard? Like do you think maybe a cost-of-living help is going to be something that helps that because that's a pretty average, you know, rate I would have thought that needs to improve that commencements versus completions. I don't think that's the only problem. I really don't. And and our completions far exceed that fifty percent. You know, we're, we're I haven't done it for a while, but we're we're probably about eighty five, maybe ninety percent in plumbing. Mm -hmm. You know, so is there things you could learn from um, from group training or others like us that? I hope in that, yeah. Is it around support? Mm -hmm. Is it around having, you know, well-being support? You know, our apprentices aren't getting paid any more than, you know, Joe Blow down the road. Mm -hmm. They're on the same award. 
um, but our completion rate is is much higher. So, um, but yes, I, I do appreciate the point about you know cost of living. Um, yeah, CITB have come to the party and are helping with some tools. Um, there's you know thousand dollars at the end of end of first year, and yeah, there's there's measures that are being put in place to try and try and offset that. Um, whether that's enough, I don't know. But mm -hmm. look, I do appreciate what you're saying, but. Is that everything? Probably not. It, it's not. It, there's more than there's more than one thing that, that mm -hmm. sort of goes into right. We give them more money, they'll complete. Well, that's not going to be what happens. No, mm -hmm. no, not in my opinion anyway. I think it's you got to look at the whole the whole package. Yeah, yeah. So group group you spot touched on then group training. What, what are the benefits of going through a group training versus direct from an apprentice point of view and from an employer point of view? Uh, from an apprentice point of view, you've got support for that whole four years. You mm -hmm. do, and. You've got someone um, who, and I'll, I'll go back to my time um, as a field officer where kids, I keep saying kids, apprentices, they tend to confide things when you build a relationship with them over a period of time. They, they'll confide things. They, they would tell me things that they did not want to tell their mum or girlfriend or dad or, or boss. Mm. Um, they would see me once every, you know, six to eight weeks. They trusted me, and I was a bit of a sounding board for them. Yeah, uh, they they could they didn't want to tell the the guy that they worked with every day, and him have to deal with that every day. You know, so that's that's certainly the thing from the apprentice's perspective, um, knowing that the you're going to get paid properly, um, mm -hmm. you're going to get your super pay, you're going to get all your entitlements paid properly. That's um, a big thing. There's still yeah. people out there that aren't doing yeah. the right thing by kids. Um, you're going to be um, provided with the tools to make sure that you, you work safely. Mm -hmm. you know, no one wants to go to work and come home injured. You know, you sh that shouldn't be happening. So um, we still have injuries. We still have people that are hurting themselves. But, you know, there's, there's tools, there's knowledge, there's support, um, both provided to the host and, and to the apprentice to try and limit that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and manage that and manage it properly. You know, gone are the days of your, you know, your, your yeah, you wrap up your finger with a bit of duct tape, like you know. No, let's go get it treated properly and get it yeah. done and get you back to work properly. You know, that's that's what you're going to get with us. Is you know, you're going to get it done properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, from the host point of view, but we've had a lot of uh, um, a lot of father sons over the period of time, and we we're talking about one of them earlier, uh, and they see the benefit because it adds just a layer of separation. So you know that that bit of a mediator at times yeah you know so when you're working with someone closely every day it, it's nice to be able to step back and get the ear and someone to listen and maybe give some advice on, on how that all works um look the flexibility we know that the industry is up and down as well um you know that's no good for the apprentice or the host if they're stuck into a commitment of four years and they can't get out of it so the flexibility of us is you know as work goes up and work goes down you can grow your business or you can um, you know, ease a bit of pressure financially by you know, having that apprentice with us and we can move them somewhere else. That might be for two years, it might be for two weeks until the next job comes in. So mm -hmm. um, that layer of flexibility is, is certainly important. But I would also say that it, with us, I don't know what other group trainings do, but you pay for them uh, when they're working for you. Yep. Right? You're not paying for them when they're off at TAFE and off on holidays. And it's mm. all productive time. So you, your bill is coming when they're productive and hopefully making money for you, you're not getting a bill when they're off for six weeks of trade school and you got to keep, you know, keep forking out every yeah. week. So, yeah. um, and, and I think that gets forgotten at times when, um, from, from hosts is, and look, tapes out in another, you know, two, two and a half weeks um, at the moment. That's, that's wages. You know, mm. that, that's, that's, a, that's a big impact. Um, so, yeah, if you, you're going to lose your first year for, you know, Four weeks of you know, four weeks of annual leave, maybe a week of sick leave. Uh, sick leave that's five. Then you probably got you know maybe eight weeks of trade school. You know, 13, 14 weeks out of the year. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you, you're being charged when they're working for you, but you're not getting that hit when they're not there. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's probably you know, the, the other thing I'd probably say for host employers to, to consider. Yeah, is that so? Is that something host employers can do? Like you know, if you've got, say, you got like a more of a construction style plumbing business. Yeah. And you don't have any work for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Is there that ability to go to Taps and say, "Hey, look, can you just take? I really still love this kid. I don't yeah. want him to go anywhere, but yeah. can you take him for two weeks? Yeah. You know, 
I don't know if it's not something you want it to happen all the time, but well, we that... can't do 450 every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But, but from time to time, then absolutely, you know, give us a bit of notice, or you know, even it it ha it does happen weekly. It, mm -hmm. it does. There might be you know, might be one or two. There might be none. But um, when you're in a bind, then um, we can try and help you out, or we can try and organise some extra trade school. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would say out there to all apprentices and all hosts. You know, consider your host your boss. Treat them like your boss. You know, we need to be treated with respect um, because, you know, we're paying your wage and we need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but treat you and, and treat your apprentice like it's your apprentice. You know, yep. they're, they're part of your business and that's how you're going to get the best out of them as well. Yep. Not they're, uh, you know, that's just, uh, uh, that's just labor. You know, that's, you're not going to get the best out of people like that. Mm -hmm. you know, so um, treat them as your own. But if you get stuck, we're here. We're here to sit in the background and, and wait till you need a hand. Uh, female apprentices I just want to touch on them because yep. we just got our first one uh, not long ago and I, when I was doing my apprenticeship back like mid mid 2000s when I started dude it yeah. was just nobody yeah. so what, I'd like to know from your point like what are you seeing you know what are the numbers now like what is it is there been a pretty big increase in in girls females wanting to do plumbing apprenticeships or I should have brought the numbers. Plumbing, not as much, right? Electrical, I was going electrical through. Electrical seems huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I went through some stats on last year and uh, look, I'm throwing numbers out there, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it might be, there might have been 20 in plumbing, mm -hmm. right? But there would have been 80, 100 in electrical. Yeah. So um, what's that telling us? Either we're not... Um, we're not marketing and selling the story well enough uh, in plumbing to, to, to females, or maybe they they just like electrical more, and that's okay, right? So um, we can't all like the same thing because we'd all be plumbers or we'd all be roofers, and nothing else would be happening too. Mm -hmm. So um, we certainly are encouraging more. Um, I think we're probably about ten, I reckon. Um, love to have more, mm -hmm. but we don't get the applications either. So so it's, some, somewhere we need to be better. I'd say, hey, like, whatever that better looks like, but yeah, marketing or whatever. Because I'll tell you what, man, plumbing's really just as suited to a female as is yeah. to a male. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so maybe it's on us to market it better as the industry, to, to market it better. Um, and hopefully we've got some stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks because we had a, um, had a new female, I think, starting with Highmarsh next week. Um, so we'll, we'll try and do some stuff around that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, do I have the answer? No, I don't. But yeah, certainly encourage more because it's a great industry. I love this. I'm not a plumber. I'm not. But I feel privileged to be part of the industry because it's just filled with great people. Yeah. It really is. It is. You know. I had a, so a little story. I had a roofer. I'm asking you this because I'm seeing a pattern. and I don't know if you can answer the question or not, but I had a roofer who was going to start here um, this week on Monday signed a contract, everything. Then he p pulled the pin well, via text message with me on a Friday, through, uh, fr uh, sorry, on a Sunday, the day before he was meant to start, at like four o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. right? Um, this whole podcast feels like me trying to solve your, <laughs> your problems. <laughs> it's a, yeah. well, am I doing it's it for them or, or, or for you? That's not, yeah, I just... Add that in. That's not my question. I just wanted to let you know so you could feel better. Like yeah. It would make me feel better. Yeah. But um, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of roof plumbing apprentices who start a roof plum. Sorry, I'm seeing a lot of roof plumbers who are actually only roof plumbing laborers because they've never got a roof plumbing license. But a pattern that I've seen definitely is they start a roof plumbing apprenticeship, then they get talked out of. Um, removing themselves from the apprenticeship for whatever reason, I'm guessing it's money. Yeah. And then they end up being a roofer, but then they don't have a roof plumbing license. Yeah. Are you seeing, have you seen any of that over the years? Uh, look, it makes sense, right? It makes sense that that's the problem out there. And that's a question for, um, for licensing, not for me. But, you know, I'm just seeing kids that yeah. like, have started with a, a group training mob yeah. for a year. And then they, they see Gumtree ad and yeah, then, thirty bucks an hour. Well, their, bo well, their boss actually yeah. um, says to them like, "Oh, you, you know, like for whatever reason, look, mate, you'd probably be better off just been in the apprenticeship, yeah. and I can pay you a bit more." Yeah. But then in the long run, they get screwed over because they never actually got their ticket. Mm -hmm. But they are literally just doing roof plumbing. Yeah, um, I've just seen it a lot, and then they end up, you know, we 
just try to basically the only way we can employ them is in a is a roof plumbing labourer because they don't actually have a roof plumbing ticket. Yeah. But it's just something that never seen it once in plumbing, but I've seen it with all the resumes I've read mm. from roofers that you know apply here or whatever. Labourers. That seems to be very common. Mm. I start and not finish. Yeah, not probably not for me to answer. We're we're okay. at the other end of it. But um, what what that's doing is it's. Um, it's lowering the value of the industry mm. and lowering the value of of the work. I mean, it, you can only learn so much um, out on site. You do have to go to TAFE or go to your RDO to get those finishing touches and those things you don't see. You only do that in apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. You don't get to do that on site all the time. And there might be some lucky ones that do, but um, yeah, it, it's a it's a disservice to the industry as a whole um, when that's happening. I think. Yeah, and. You know, in Victoria, how like there's no difference between a roof plumber yeah. and a plumber. Roof plumbers are roof plumbers, plumbers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like because I see this just huge issue going forward with roof plumbing. Is there something? I know it's not going to work in all cases because you have to have a business like ours where it's plumbing and roofing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, for instance, I've got a few apprentices here that I'm thinking like, you know, they do. 75% plumbing, 25% roofing, but they are they are plumbers, plumbing mm. apprentice, mm. apprentices. Is there something we can do better in regards to like doing a dual apprenticeship, like it's another year or something, and then they get both trades? I know it's not going to work all the time because yeah. there's not many companies that do plumbing and roofing and they need mm. the training, but like there's got to be something we can do, Luke, that can improve the amount of roof plumbers we have. Like I'm desperately trying to get my guys dual licensed but i can't man no one can yeah, help me with it yeah yeah what, what do you think about what do your that? guys want to be doing we'll put it back on you do, do they want well, to they, be out there roofing they want to they probably prefer plumbing but they i'll tell you what if they had an opportunity to get a dual license How at the end, are they? Yeah. they would be oh, yeah. imagine the value they could yeah. have like but so my guys are keen to my kids kids are keen to do it mm. but i can't seem to find anyone who can facilitate it for me so yeah. i don't know if that's something that is just an avenue to look at like doing a dual I love training. I love you thinking outside the square I don't have the answer um, probably a question for um, for Andrew as well mm. um, you know he's sitting on a lot of boards that can probably um, throw that question in and see what see what can be done about it um, but you know I don't I don't know but as I said it's a great it's a great industry it's a great job we do need to find more mm. and I take on your point that we'll be at some desperate desperate points in the next five ten years as yeah. um you know those older trades people are you know then retiring you know we're not, we're not filling the void that's that's required mm -hmm. um so yeah let's let's keep thinking and find out what we can do yeah um, I'm, I'm certainly not against we do something different it. i guess you know, that's, that's my point is like just whatever we're doing right now like you said before if we keep doing the same thing we'll keep yeah. getting the same results so it's yeah. like just need to be doing something different yeah. whether it's looking at dual trading them or just something anyway yeah. that might be something we can all look into yeah, yeah um i guess i just wanted to wrap it up by saying like school schooling and the transition into apprenticeships like is there any breakdown between the school education system and then transitioning kids into the construction industry can we do better how how is that looking luke my my views right not the views of taps or industry or whatever else my, my, my wife's a teacher and i've got so much respect for teachers and what they have to do and what they have to put up with you know schools changed mm. you know from you know i'm a bit older than you but not that much and schools changed a fair bit from when i went to you know what it is now i've also been at taps for 17 years and uh you know again i was talking to the account yesterday i reckon average scores are about 70 75 on our test uh, our test is pretty well the same as what it was 15 years ago. And I reckon the average scores are 55. So I think um, I don't have the solution, but the kids aren't coming out with the same level of, of knowledge and skills and understanding. They might have different mm. knowledge skills, you know, than, than, you know, what they're coming out with now, right? So that's what I'm saying is, yeah, think differently. What are they coming out with that they didn't have back then? Um, but just based on test scores, it, it's dropped a lot. It's really dropped a lot. Um, are you getting a good flow of kids from what like interested in or coming into plumbing and roofing from non-technical colleges because uh, yeah. you know I don't, like I've, I've talked to kids at like say for instance like Pulteney Grammar did a talk yeah. there a few weeks ago I mean I guess that's a bit different but yeah. um, 
there's not many kids at schools like that who would even just even have plumbing in their mind because their parents are like obviously just not pushing it and need, nor is the school. And uh, this happened to me a long time ago, probably 12 years ago. I was asked by uh, one of the more prestigious colleges to come out and you know, do, a, do a night there. Um, it was after hours when I did it, no worries. I would have kids come up and wanting to chat about plumbing and roofing and you know what taps could offer. And in front of me, they were getting dragged away by their parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope it's changed. I, I won't go back to that school because mm. yeah, it was a waste of my time that you know, people were doing that. Mm. And it, to me, it showed disrespect to me and TAPS and the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, I hope people aren't doing that because we both know how great this industry is. Um, and there's opportunities for all types. Mm. Yeah, there really is. Um, but... I don't know what schools are doing differently. I won't say wrong because it's just different. Um, but the kids have changed. But also, is that is that the school or is that the environment that we're faced with now with you know social media and stuff? Yeah, or something. It's, a, it's different options. Often, yeah. often the solution to a problem isn't just one thing. You know, it's it's a combination of things. So, mm -hmm. um, but there's still great people out there. Mm -hmm. You know, there really is. There really is great people. And um, for me. It's not about skills. It's not about knowledge. It's not always about, or well, it's not about a test score. If you can find a great person, I believe that, you know, you or another great, you know, tradesperson can turn them into something if they're a great person. Yeah. Um, that's always what I was looking for when interviewing people was you find a great person and you can turn them into anything. Mm -hmm. um, whereas you get someone that's come with, you know, great skills, but, you know, unreliable and, um, you know, of bad character, then I'll take that great person all day, any day and, yeah, and teach them and skill them up and, and make them what they can be. You know? Yeah, it's like you can teach skills, but you can't teach attitude. No. Yeah. So you're always lowering an attitude, man. 100%. We're doing the same with apprentices. Like, 100%. We, and that's something that's probably important for apprentices to know is like no one expects you to know how to use a spanner. No. But we're just looking for attitude. That's it. So we can teach you with the other shit. That's what apprentice, apprenticeship is. It's, a, it's about learning over four years. And yes, you need to you know, sort of pay your way and, and, and work hard and, and, and do that stuff. But, you know, you're not expected to learn everything. And, and that's where, you know, maybe, maybe yourself and, and, and other people, other business owners, you know, just I think you get it. But, you know, just take a step back and go, you know, I was there once. Mm. Right? I didn't know it all on the first day. I didn't know it on my first week or my first month or my first year. You keep learning. You know, yeah. and, and the day you think you you've stopped learning is probably the day you die. Yeah. So you, you learn every day, and just 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 a bit of patience and a bit of understanding. And if you get that buy-in from the apprentice, then be patient with them because mm -hmm. they're probably a good person and give them a crack. You know? And just lastly, Luke, can you touch on I guess with you know all these announcements with the government with like you know twenty-four thousand homes and you know what are you seeing now with the demand and opportunities for for apprentices? in both plumbing and roofing yeah. and i guess where did you and taps see see the like the future demand like what is well, i guess i'd love to just for you if you could just touch on what the opportunity in the landscape looks like out there for, for these potential apprentices in the next five to ten year horizon yeah look i i, I said this um was probably you know five six years ago our biggest threat was going to be the you know the subs it was going to be the you know down at down at north Haven. you know they're going to have all the fancy ads and the billboards and you know all the pro gear and all the you know all the um all the yeah. career nights and things like that you know they're going to be sucking away all these kids from from the construction industry they are um and if it's not them it'll be the mines so um there's a way that you know and we're doing it we're getting out to the schools and we're selling the story and you know we're getting out the career nights and we're we're talking to vet teachers and and doing the yards, but the more that we can band together to do that, the, the stronger we'll be, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, I said that as, I saw it as our biggest threat then and it's probably our biggest threat now. Yeah. yeah. And opportunities going forward for kids, it seems like. It's you know, not it's slowing down, mate. It's, it's, it's not, not, is it? You know, and, and you know, it, 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 you know this better than me, but, you know, our our numbers are still growing, you know. They're growing steadily. We, we're in a business where every, you know, we only hold on to our apprentices for four years, they drop off. Mm. You know, so it's not like that, you know, we start with a hundred and we take on another one, we get hundred and one. You know, we probably had two finished at the same time. So mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we took on you know, might have been 100 and, 140, 150 people last year. Um so there's um there's opportunities and they're continuing and 
we've just got to, our, our role is to support industry. And when you ring and you need someone, you know, make sure we've done the, the, the recruitment prior to that so we can try and have someone there for you. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're a bit of a follower in that way, you know. So we've just got to make sure we're prepared for, for, for when you guys and when government are, are ready. Yeah. Yeah. And are you seeing just still host employers screaming for more, more, more? We need more apprentices. We need. Uh, it's probably balanced a little bit. There was a point last year where it was just uh, we just can't find. We just cannot find anyone. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably balanced a bit now, but we've still got you know people that you know they might not be screaming, but they're like, oh, I need one. You know, mm -hmm. and oh, have you found one yet? You know. So, yeah. um, but you know, we don't recruit on a job. You, if you run, if you run us today and said I need someone. We don't put a CCAT up and, you know, wait for a four-week recruitment process. You know, we are recruiting every day. Yeah. We're getting applications and interviewing, you know, twice a week. You know, mm -hmm. That is a continual thing so that we've got the supply there yeah. when, when you need it. So, yeah, that's, that's we, others might work different, but that's sort of how we do it. Yeah, I think that's actually, I was going to touch on that. That's a definite advantage of a group training is yeah. like you're doing that pre-vetting and that pre-screening of, yeah. of, of kids, you know what to look for. Yeah. Whereas yeah. opposed if you want to go and get one direct, yeah, it's a five or six or eight week process, and then you got to screen out all the, yeah. you know. So that's a definite. And what the fielders, what I did, and the fieldies do now is, you know, they get to know your business, and they get to know what type of person is going to fit with you. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be a, a AAA apprentice that is somewhere else down the road, but for you, it's just not right fit for some reason. You know, so by getting to know you and your personality and the personality of your trades. Um, Often, you know, I would find someone and go, yeah, I just see you with, with Matt. Like, you are just perfect. You know? Yeah. And I'd ring you and go, look, you might not need anyone, but you gotta, you got you to gotta interview this person. Like, they, they are just the right fit for you, you know. So, um, and then the trust would come from you to me to go, you know what, I trust him. Mm. Yeah, we probably don't need someone, but I can't let him go either mm. or her, you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, that's probably the other part of um, our business that's, I underestimated a little bit is um, when we get to know you, we know what you need, then we can find that right fit whether you're ready for it or not. Because mm -hmm. we are doing those those interviews all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is so. Let's well, last lastly, where can where can people find you guys? And I just thought, you know, is there any is there any events coming up or anything that people need to know about, like careers, uh, events, or anything like that they can find you guys? The uh, we've got a couple of schools coming up. Um, the TAPS Awards is, uh, I think it's the 9th of, 9th of August. So those apprentices that have finished in the last sort of 12, 14 months, um, they'll get an invite. If they haven't got it already, they'll um, come along with their families and mm -hmm. um, we put on a bit of a show for them. Uh, very stoked to have uh, Kurt Fionn as our guest speaker this year. Oh, that's huge. Um, he's uh, he's a, been trying to get him for, awesome. been trying to get him for about four years and just hasn't matched up. but. You know, this is a bloke that, that crawled Kokoda in his hands. He's mm. like, you know, if you think you're having a bad day, um, yeah. if you think life's hard, then, you know, come listen to this bloke because he's um, unreal. Yeah. That's, that's, 100%. that's resilience and that's, um, that's leadership, that guy. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm hopeful that I uh, put a bit of a show for those, um, those apprentices finished and our award winners um, who will be. <coughs> Sorry, our award winners who will be notified soon of um, winning the awards. Um, but yeah, 9th of, uh, 9th of August, I reckon. Mm -hmm. um, apart from that, nothing that springs to mind. Okay. So, and yeah. what, they just hit you up on the socials and the Tapsa.com.au. Um, yeah, we've got a, a new website. It's, um, it's nice and clean and fresh. And uh, yeah, click apply now. Um, chuck your details in. And yeah, we, we're keen to talk to you and, okay. and join the industry. It's, it's really good. It, 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 it is. It's really rewarding when you put in the work. You know? yeah. um, but if you're looking for, uh, I say, just a job or something that you can just do for a short period of time, it's it's not for you. It's a career. Um, it, it's it's a it's a career and a and a good one. It can take you so many different places. It really can. And I've seen that with some uh, some of my apprentices. You know, it's taken them overseas. It's taken them to project management. It's taken uh, into HR. It's taken, you know, Richie, who was talking about before, is a well-being ex-apprentice. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, it can take you in so many different places. Yeah. Um, yeah. And last, uh, that, that's what I think. Just to finish on, as a good note, is that it isn't like you said before, but they think it might just be touching shit or whatever. But it's it, and even just beyond that, it's not. It's so much more. Like, you can go anywhere, and, man. You like, can, you know, you can go through your whole apprenticeship and not touch. Yeah. If that's what you're worried about. Yeah. You, you might not see it. You might not 
go anywhere near it. Right? Yeah. That's not what this is. You know, it's it's building the state. You know, yeah. that's that's the bulk of it. You know, and it's fixing the state. It's fixing homes. It's uh, it's making people's lives. You know, run again. You know. Mm. You, Probably not a problem you've ever faced, but you know, your hot water goes out. It's the end of the world when you've got three kids and a wife that all want to get in the shower. You know, and who comes and fixes that? The plumber. Mm. The plumber fixes that. You know, yeah. it, it changes your, your mood, your life, everything straight away. Yeah. Um, the hospital doesn't get built without plumbers. You know, the, 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 the high rises, the, the buildings, the, you know, whatever it is, it's mm -hmm. they're critical. And, like, critical. It's like, and that's what I want to say is, like you said, is it's important for them to know like it is a career like yeah. you said it's like you could be a hydraulic designer afterwards uh, yeah work for sa waters inspector yeah. like there's just you can go into the mines go overseas it's Whatever. endless so it go to something else to with come back but taps off <laughs> i can do that um yeah. all right mate Easy. thanks a lot i've been good fun yeah thanks a lot appreciate it thanks for tuning in to another plumify podcast Make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, and all the usual podcast platforms.